Welcome to episode 299 of Live Happy Now. Having hope is crucial, not just to our happiness, but to our survival. So what happens when you start to lose hope? This is your host, Paula Phelps, and this week we're talking to Margaret Delaney, founder of the popular spiritual spoken word site, Listen Well. In her latest book, Parables of Sunlight, she tells her own story of finding hope during difficult times. She's here today to talk about her story and what we can all learn about hope, perseverance, and resilience. Margaret, welcome to Live Happy Now. Thank you, Paula. Happy to be here. Yeah, well, you know, your latest book focuses on having hope during difficult times, and it seems kind of relevant. And the interesting thing, too, is it's based on your own story. So can you briefly tell us a little bit about that story? My husband and I bought a farm sort of around the corner from us to save it from development. And then we we ended up owning it for 21 years. All sorts of challenging things happen on the farm. It was pretty abused before we bought it. And then a horse was dumped on the farm. <laughs> dumped. When I say dumped, he wanted to give us the horse for the board he owed because he was ill, the owner. And I think I was not savvy enough to say, no, I'm not taking on a horse. <laughs> but um, we took her. And I, of course, fell in love with her. And then she was very badly injured out in the field by another horse that kicked her. And the story is about fighting for her life. And there's all sorts of mirroring that is going on in the story about my own my own struggles and my my mother was struggling with Alzheimer's at the time. And it's a story about hope and perseverance and taking a good chunk of every day to just focus on healing this animal. It just changed my life. Yeah, it really did. And that comes through. And one of the things that you say is that hope isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. And I thought that was really powerful. And I wanted to know if you could explain to us why hope is so important. I don't actually think we could live without hope. If we really thought about it, we never believe that what is happening in our lives is utterly hopeless. I don't think we would take another breath. So it, it exists. It is innate in us. And I think we, if we can, we must tap into it and follow it. And it takes courage sometimes not to cave into despair and to look for the light and the hope. It's a brave act, but we all do it. It's extraordinary. We're extraordinary humans. <laughs> we're capable of so much more than we than we think. Do you think we're wired to be hopeful? Because I know there's a lot of talk about how we have that negativity bias, and that's true. Do you think we're also hardwired for hope? I really do. You know, sometimes it's comfortable to dip into the negative. <laughs> <laughs> and it's easy right now. Let's face it, you know. I know. And it's tempting. How do we then find that courage? You talk about, you know, hope requiring courage. And obviously, if we have that hope, we also have that courage to pursue it. So can you explain like why pursuing hope requires courage? Yeah, that's a good question. It absolutely does, because perseverance is ultimately, even when we pray for our hopeful outcomes, 
what we're saying is that I want this to happen. I hope you will help this to happen. But we have to meet and climb that mountain together. And so it's the courage comes in with the daily struggle of keeping the hope alive and persevering and marching forward. You also talk about how hope is like a muscle. So if that is true, how do you personally reinforce that every day? I think through prayer and perseverance. How do you know when it's getting stronger? What are some of the signs that you see? I go for a walk every morning with my animals and and send up prayers. That is how I have gotten through life. But I think you know when your hope muscle is a little more engaged and stronger. When you're given a question between following a thought down, spiraling down into despair, and you're given the choice, do you want to follow that thought down into despair? When you find yourself stopping and saying, no, I am not listening to that voice. That voice is the voice of death, not life. I'm here to live. And I think it's really more of a stopping of your thoughts going south. That's interesting. And I like the way that you phrase that. Because, yeah, when you hit that moment where you realize where you're just conscious about it and say, that's that's not the way I want to go. I'm going to go take this path. And a lot of times it takes a while to get there. It takes a while to not fall into our, the groove that we've always been in and think, you know, in terms of negativity or think in terms of hopelessness. Yes. Everyone is disappointed in life at some point and you can follow that or you can say, okay, <laughs> next. That's so true. And, you know, we do all get beaten down and we have different things and different degrees of trauma and and tragedy in our lives. But it really is how much hope we use in dealing with it that helps us bounce back. Yeah. I have to read this because this is such a great quote from you. I'm going to read this and then I want to talk about it a little bit. But you said, when hard times come, I think we go wrong in saying this shouldn't be happening because it is happening and we must find our way through. Our greatest work is in our willingness to walk alongside one another through difficult times. And I thought that is so perfect. That could be for 2020 and 2021, (laughs) apparently. I mean, that's just so beautiful. And can you talk about where you came up with that realization? It really came home when my mother was 68 and started to go into her long walk through Alzheimer's. And people would say to me, this shouldn't happen to a woman who's that vital. It's wrong. And I would think, but but then should it happen to anyone? Should it happen to someone who's not vital? No, it is happening. It is happening. So let's look for a graceful way of walking through it, which is what we did. My mother was a great walker, a great exerciser, and she just walked through it until she couldn't. And it was just lovely to walk with her. And as she slowed down, she really grew much more in love with her surroundings. So every time she heard, I mean, at some point, about year seven, every time she heard a bird, we would have to stop, you know, what's that? It's a bird. Bird, <laughs> and and then the next minute, but what's that? 
a bird, a bird. And it was, she went through it very gracefully. And it is hard. But there were so many lessons, so many beautiful moments. I know if I had said, this is wrong, this should not be happening to my mother, it would have stopped me appreciating the beauty. That's so interesting and so well framed because we do tend to fight the reality of what's going on and we have the shouldn't happen, couldn't happen and the despair. And instead of looking at this gift that it gave us, you know, I, when my own mother was dying and we had not been close and it was this opportunity, I looked at it as a gift One, she was a captive audience. Um, <laughs> and two, <laughs> it was this time where we both knew, look, we have a finite amount of time to resolve this relationship. Mm. And, and, you know, so that was a gift. Had she died suddenly, I think there would be a lot different feelings. Good for you for seeing that. Yeah, it is hard sometimes to find the hope. And, and when people do feel hopeless, and that can be for any number of reasons, it just seems like finding it is out of reach. So where does somebody start? We cannot all buy a farm <laughs> and get into the nature, although we'd like to. So where do people start to discover hope in their lives? I can only tell you where I start. And that is, I always start with prayer, not for outcomes, but just to be accompanied through what I'm going through. And it's such a beautiful thing when a friend accompanies you through something difficult. And it's such a beautiful feeling when you're able to accompany someone. My brother went through a, a very bad clinical depression because his wife suddenly died. And it was really tough to see him that way, but I always felt better with him. When I was at home and worrying about him, it was so much harder than just walking with him, even though I was closer to the, to the despair and the depression. But it just felt, I'm doing something. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm accompanying him. It's really a special thing to be able to do, don't you think? Yeah, I and you're not only giving hope to someone else, but you're reinforcing, again, you talk about it as a muscle, but you're reinforcing that within yourself. Yes. I think right now, too, with so many people, the uncertainty of what's going on, of what's happening with COVID and where we're going to end up with it, that affects our hope as well. So how do we override this uneasiness that comes from the uncertainty that we're all dealing with? I think by first admitting that it's happening, there must be something right that will come from it to be found in it. I'm not saying that, you know, the Holocaust was right mm -hmm. at all. But if you've ever read Man's Search for Meaning, what he's saying is that, of course, it was wrong what was going on. But finding meaning, you know, it's why we're here, I think, saying, okay, happening it's causing so many different problems in so many everyone's lives and it's so isolating and, and strange but there must be lessons in it there must be something that's going to come out of it for yourself and it's usually a very individual thing but so are our lives we spend them inside of our heads <laughs> good point yeah and so that there is something for you to gain, I think, always. 
And just looking at it that way can change everything. I knew a friend who would say, listen for the lesson. Every time I was going through a tough time, she'd be listen for the lesson. Sometimes that really aggravated me because it's like, I don't want to listen for the lesson. I just want to get to the end of this. So, but that's true. There is no matter what it is that's happening to us, there is some sort of lesson that's occurring for us. Yeah. It shouldn't ever seem punitive. I don't believe in reward and, you know, punishment (laughs) like that, but just an opportunity that will possibly bring you to a better place. Interesting. So you can even make it kind of like your own internal treasure hunt. Like, how am I going to find (laughs) what is hidden here and what Uh is waiting for me? Yeah, that's a beautiful way of putting it. I like that. So we all get a map now. (laughs) (laughs) How does just being in nature help you? And how do you use that as a tool for just basically your mental well-being? I have a park near me where I can take my dogs off leash, which is nice, so that I can creep along as they dash around. (laughs) I think that walk has changed me more than anything. I think I've been doing it 28 years now, every morning. Wow. That's tradition. Yes. (laughs) And And I'm so strung out on it now because of what it has done for me. It just slows my brain down. I think it's meditation. I mean, it's a form of, I really try to focus and look, study. Sometimes I will stop and just say, what if that were a painting? Just what I'm oh, seeing. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it, it suddenly takes on a different feel. Like, oh, I would stop and look at that in a museum and study it and be moved by it. You know, that sort of thing. I think it can change you. They say that a 20-minute walk can change you. <laughs> it's like shaking a snow globe, someone said. Yeah, it's just a reset. You know, and yeah. I, I have a friend who started doing on her morning walk. She realized like she wasn't really appreciating nature. She wasn't even noticing what was around her because she would take her walk, but she's thinking about all the things she had to accomplish that day. And so what she tasked herself with was finding one object in nature to take a picture of every day. And so she would do that and post that on Facebook and Instagram and share this beautiful picture. And she said it changed the way that she saw the world around her because she now began approaching each walk with, what am I going to find? What am I going to share? It really opened up the world for her, literally. Yes. It's so important. Being able to stop and really look. It's what meditation is, what it does for you, is that it makes you stop and focus. So what is it that we can do, each of us that are listening, that we can do right now to start cultivating more hope? I think watching your thoughts. And when your thoughts want to pull you down into despair, want to pull you back into the past, to circle around some disappointment, just to try and stop it and say, do I want to follow that? Do I want to follow that thought? Hmm, not really. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to go south. So I would say just to watch, never to criticize yourself, just to be aware and think, huh, maybe there's another way of looking at that situation. This is a great topic for all of us to be able to think about right now. And I I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with me about it. We're going to tell the listeners how they can get your book and learn more about you. 
thank you for, for just helping us catch a breath and find a little hope today. Okay. Thank you so much. That was Margaret Delaney talking to us about hope. To learn more about Margaret, her spoken word site, and her books, visit us at livehappynow.com and follow the links. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all-new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. <music>